Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Trent and Zayori podcast. This one here is episode number 178. It is the beginning of July. Today was the perfect day to podcast, as it turns out, because Trent, we got a big announcement, the biggest of the announcements. We know when, we know mm-hmm. where the International 10 is going to be taking place. So maybe that's the, the high topic here that we should get started on. We're going to talk about qualifiers. We're going to talk about the last couple of weeks, what's been going on in both of our worlds. But dude, TI news, that reigns supreme. We did it. We got a date, guys. Can you believe it? Um, I was only uh, kind of. Oh, my name is doubled over itself. I'm I'm two Trents right now. Oh my God, you're double Trent. That's All right, very now, now you're single Trent. There you go. Oh, thank you. That's why I had children. Just more little mini Trents. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, that was pretty exciting to see. Just in, like the middle of the uh, the last game. I think it was the last game. I don't even remember anymore. Might have been two games ago. It was a bit of a blur this evening. Uh, seeing that pop up, but I mean, I kind of predicted October. I'm I'm glad that it's got a solid date. I think that makes sense. Romania is a natural choice with PGL being yeah uh, the the obvious directors of the tournament, so should be good. Romania was number two on my list uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we saw the original announcement that Sweden wasn't going to happen. I had said Ukraine. Then Romania was my second. Oh, wait, I actually, I have it on my Discord here. I can read it all. I guess Germany third. Uh, yes. And then I had the Netherlands fourth. I thought Amsterdam was like some kind of crazy runner up, low chance, but you know, you oh, got to take. Maybe Owen could swing it. Got to take the <laughs> big shots. Sheep. You know, Shiver's tall. You know, maybe she's got some leverage. Um, but yeah, R- Romania. Basically, my bets were we play or PGL. So mm-hmm. PGL it is. Um, are we excited about this? I, I didn't. I skimmed the announcement. Uh, what do we know about audience and, and all those details, or do we not? It's I believe short. there was hints at ticket sales. So, so uh, group stage will run October seventh to tenth, with the main stage mm-hmm. being kicked off on October twelfth. Then on October seventeenth, the two finest Dota two teams in the world will face off for the ages and their shares of the forty million dollar prize pool that awaits. Additional information on ticket sales. Will come shortly. We're grateful to have a partnership with someone that we've formed in Romania and the city of Bucharest. Very look, much look forward to gathering with the global Dota 2 community, both in person and virtually, to celebrate the elite players and amazing fandom at the international. Prepare yourselves. At long last, Trent, the battle begins. They wrote this just for you. Wow, how'd you do that? They did. Yep. It's amazing. It's going to be an Arena Nationale. Sounds awesome. Yeah, that was the big rumor, and someone said that the roof can't close. So I'm very cool. curious about that, but I'm guessing there's probably some sort of a solution for that. Or yeah, you buy a raincoat, bitch. That's the solution. <laughs> <laughs> Going on your PC. Um, you have yourself a TI. Y- you bring a tarp. Wow, it does look, it's a huge stadium, dude. It's it uh, opened in 2011. Capacity, 55,000. It's a it's a football stadium. God, goddamn yeah. soccer, dude. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. mammoth. Yeah, so they'll do like probably some big setup for like I don't even Whoa. know. I think TI nine was eighteen thousand people said. So they'll probably set it for like twenty, twenty one k and do spacing, maybe a little bit higher. Wow. Okay. You know? Yeah. Dude. That would make the most sense to me. That's something. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers played there in two thousand twelve. Metallica played there in two thousand nineteen. Ed Ed Sheeran is that how you say his name? Sheeran, I believe. Sheeran, Ed Sheeran. He he did 
48,000 people turned up to see Eddie in 2019. So there you go. I can't name any of his songs, but I know that he was the the redhead guy that was in that uh, one scene in Game of Thrones. Dude, I was going to say the same thing. That's like <laughs> I the knew one that you thing. were going to say the same thing. <laughs> that is the one thing. That's the one trivia piece I got. Sorry, Ed. I mean, I guess it was good marketing. I don't care about his music. It's a little bit like Post Malone. I, I like the dude. I don't know any of his songs. I couldn't do, give two shits about his music. But when I see an ad or a crossover with Post Malone, I go, ah, it could be cool. I don't know. Seems yeah. like an all right guy. Now, Celine Dion is coming in 2023. So will the International 10 wow. be able to one-up that? Uh, no. Only time will Actually, tell. no. Probably Celine not. Dion would outsell T.I. She's our Canadian superstar. Yeah. Well, this will so. be kind of cool, though, because um, this has been, like, with COVID, obviously, there's no way this sells out, and it certainly won't be, like, every seat. Or maybe it will. I wonder if it'll be a radial stage, like, positioned in the middle, or if it's going to be, like, the way ESL does it, where they have the big stadium, but, you know, screen at the end, and then, you know, VIP seating, yeah. kind of, like, where the field would be. Um, like, is it too big to do that? key arena style where you have the full 360 stage in the middle well, that one uses an overhang right and exactly I don't think the stadium set for an overhang screen well it looks like it might have an overhang screen in the middle it's we it is mostly open though it's like a little tented the yeah. uh it, it looks like no it does have a jumbotron so here i can link a picture in twitch chat oh yeah like. i haven't seen the picture in a while sorry uh Mubot shilling my book, but like <clears throat> <laughs> that tiny little screen. Here, like, I'll, I'll pull it up over Trent's face so you guys can imagine, see it. Imagine if you were watching Di <laughs> on that screen. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now when I said jumbotron, it's it's like a baby. That's tron. a tron, dude. That's not a jumbo. Uh, it's a. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not great. Um... <laughs> So makes one. I mean, could you build one? Could you go in there like U two style? Remember that stage I they had, the claw or whatever. The most logical thing to me would be like a big backdrop, flat side. You know, more of a uh, semicircle seating. Mm -hmm. I would love. I just. I don't know how you would do like a stand up stage. I mean, maybe you could. With like a four-sided jumbotron and like fill the whole and arena. Build insane, the jumbotron, though. dude. Just walk like, in there and be like, "Yo, guys, your tron sucks." From the ground up. We're gonna build like the ground megatron. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's uh, that would be some Dota shit there. I hope big number. I'm very happy that we're waiting for crowd. All right. Unfortunately. Now here's the question, buddy. Are you uh -huh. going? If you get invited, Mr. Oh, I don't 100%. travel, you're going. I'm this double is, vexed. Uh, I'm you're good, good, bud. You're clear? Yeah, man. All right. I'm all set. I, I got my second shot last week. I got like one last week yeah. to go before I am done and done. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm bummed. I thought Sweden would do that. I was I really was more looking forward to a trip to Sweden than anything else. And I had to cancel it on both fronts. Like TI got canceled, and then I figured I wouldn't be able to get in show up and they're like sorry sir business pass only give mm -hmm. me your exception or go home so i i think i might go to iceland instead bud that's what i was thinking about for my rebook holiday Ooh, that's pretty good it's pretty cheap i can fly direct for like 450 if i go at the end of august towards the end of the season not bad looking at airbnbs nice. check out reykjavik go go look at some volcanoes i don't know i don't know what the hell they do in iceland but i'm down to check it out <laughs> but, but you're gonna do it yeah but i'm gonna do it <laughs> Yeah, it looked all right. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
They have the and policy I, that uh, I thought Sweden would do. If you're double vaxxed, you're just good. You can just go. It's like, you know. Oh, that's pretty good. Just go for it. Yeah. I'm uh I, I personally am looking forward to Romania again, hoping obviously I get invited. Which I think I will, because I'm kinda awesome. Um so confidence levels rising. Uh glad to but, hear it, bud. Uh, yes, thank you. It's it's a nice You're exuding uh, confidence for the first time you. ever. You've truly ascended to I I do what I can. Self confident um, levels. <laughs> I don't know. I had a fun time last time we were in Romania. It was good. So I, I'm down to go back to Bucharest. I don't think I've ever had a bad time in Romania, honestly. It's a it's a pretty fun country. It's a little wild. I guess we've had a couple awkward times being stuck in traffic, but never to any like negative consequence, you know? <laughs> it's it's always comical oh and they always God, plan dude. for it. But in the moment it feels like you're gonna die a little bit. Like you feel like a car could just ram into you at any moment. Um, just you saying that just flushed like like thirty memories in my brain all at the same time. My brain couldn't even pick which one it wanted to like laugh and be in pain about. I see images of roundabouts, just the roundabouts Me of the too. donut of cars where no one's moving, and you're like, "How does it?" It's like when you and see a waterfall that's frozen. Yeah, <laughs> on the sidewalk, the electric scooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, outside of that. Romania is awesome. Uh, Bucharest is, is fun. I think so. I used to tell people like, dude, it's the best spot. And like Bucharest, there's so much to do. The food is great and it's really cheap because they're not on the That's euro. Cheap. And then everybody figured it out. I don't think Bucharest is that cheap anymore. I think it's getting more expensive. Bogdan was telling me that that's uh, that's that's fake news now. Bucharest is uh, priced appropriately for how awesome it is. So prepare to spend, my friend. I. Uh... Yeah, I just remember I bought a meal once when we were in Bucharest, and I was like, man, this is a steal that I'm buying the meal for everyone here, because next event, <laughs> I'm not paying. <laughs> I think I fed like 10 people for like $200, and everyone got everything. We're talking like endless drinks, endless food, and that, it, was, it was like 200 bucks like total. I was like, what the hell? It was insane. And the food was really good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Ukraine's been like that for me as well. Um mm. But it'll probably be a while before I head back to Ukraine. I got uh, no reason to go there, I don't think. I'm working a WePlay event. I don't see that one happening anytime soon. But who knows? Who knows? You're going to be a... uh, You're heading off to sea with the new business, huh? Huh? Exactly, dude. That's... uh, I I think I I had it right all along. You know, go back to my roots. Southeast Asian Dota. Southeast Asian... I mean, all right. Let's let's talk about Axie a little, dude. Now let's let's talk about the crossover. Did you see the team secret tweet? No. Are, what, are you serious? Okay, you've been casting a lot. G- give me one second what? here. Um, yeah, I saw them mock the NFT thing for someone. That made me laugh. Is that the one you're talking about? Uh, well, maybe. I don't it's think like, it was a. They're sponsored by Uniswap, so it wasn't really that much of a joke. It was like pretty good for their no, sponsor. No, no, no. This is not what I'm thinking. Then. <laughs> All right. It was on June 30th. I got the link right here. Dropping it in Twitch chat. Oh, I'm excited now. So, um, yeah. It, hey, uh, those are axes. Yeah, dude. Look at that. That's a week ago now. Team Secret talking about Axie Infinity. All right, fam. Let's farm some small love potions. And they tagged Uniswap, and then. Their social media guy put together this adorable photoshopped like little hat team secret swag on him and turned one of them into a unicorn. Uh, that's not really what it looks like, but hey, I'll take it. I like unicorns. It, it fits the Uniswap vibe, I guess. I, I like the idea they're planting the seed of like Axie cosmetic game when. 
Um, but this was pretty hype, dude. So this came about somewhat um, organically where there's a, a private Discord where I think somebody just got tired of seeing me spam about Axie on Twitter and asked what it was. And then the team secret social media manager was also uh, kind of lurking in the conversation and said, well, I'm also curious what it is. So I gave them one of my extra accounts to play on just to, you know, to, to see what it's like or whatever. It, playing, it's easier yeah, yeah. than explaining it. And um, yeah, they ended up having some fun. And since they're sponsored by Uniswap, they got approval to do this little meme picture. And as you can see, 550 retweets later, um, pretty <laughs> smashing success. So uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen here? But uh, it was pretty funny. I think this is a moment where, hey, this will be a funny meme. And then they saw the traction and went, wow, Southeast Asia is really excited about Axie Infinity. And um, as you know, Secret is tearing it up in the uh, PUBG mobile space, which has a very heavy concentration player base in uh, Southeast Asia. Oh, they, uh, yeah, they deleted their, their tweet, I think. Secret had some tweet mocking NFTs this morning. Now I can't find it because I saw it when I first woke up hmm. and I was like, huh, I thought they were sponsored by some stuff that had to do with NFTs. Well, I wonder, yeah, maybe that's why you can't find I don't know. I, uh, I did not catch that one. <laughs> Someone get the slap. <laughs> well, you know, that's uh, you miss all the shots you don't take. They they seem to have that sort of a, a policy. But um, yeah, this was funny. I was really surprised to see this. I got a, a lot of messages from people that were sort of confused, also intrigued, and just generally like, "Wow, that's pretty funny." And I kind of didn't realize that Secret was sponsored by Uniswap. I have to say, Trent, of all yeah. the sponsors in the crypto space, that's like. It, it's not like an or it's it's a DAO, you know, it's like a decentralized org that's just owned by people that like kind of programmed it. So it's not their marketing budget is just kind of built into the exchange that um, it's not like Coinbase or anything, you know. Are they basically the same as PancakeSwap? They're, yeah, they're the OG. PancakeSwap is like a copycat version mm -hmm. of, of Uniswap. So gotcha. Uniswap's better. Uniswap's on Ethereum, PancakeSwap's on Binance. Oh, okay, gotcha. I thought and they were about the same. Binance is, is super centralized. So while it does offer a very good service, it's like it it's a lot more like Coinbase than you know something else. Um okay. but uh yeah, so that's cool. I shouldn't I not I use Coinbase, I like it, but still it's centralized. EG is sponsored by Coinbase, crypto sponsors a plenty, Trent. It's coming, buddy. It's coming. The wave. The wave is just cresting, and it's going to come crashing down in the advertising room. Is that, is that what's happening? We're, we're back I don't know. Did, so, well, did you see? I, I It's like a mid-market, but it's just people are, are trying to figure out how to market this stuff. Did you see the, you know, the Logan, was it Mayweather? I always get the Pauls confused. Was it Jake or Logan? Which one was fighting? Oh, sorry. Popdar found it. Thank you, Popdar. That's what I was talking about. Oh. I couldn't find it on Twitter. Oh, I'm curious, actually. Now now you got me, Mike. Yeah. So OG tweeted 10 art pieces, 3,336 NFTs, 10 seconds, everything sold out. And Secret just replied, cringe plus ratio. <laughs> and they actually got the ratio barely by like 30 likes. Oh. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I thought I got deleted. Wow. That's pretty funny that I was just knocking on Binance, and this is on the Binance NFT thing. Maybe that's why they were hitting them, because it was more Binance-based than NFT-based, Ah, okay. Right? Because they're uh, it's Uniswap. Like Binance versus Uniswap. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Nice. That's... Sponsor beef. Hype. Yeah. This e is hitting the next level. This is great. 
Do you remember we used to have some of that where it was like uh, Monster versus uh, Red Bull and shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. I mean, we definitely had that with betting sponsors. Um, we definitely had that with uh, like coaching sponsors, those weird like guide sites. Um, there's one I shouldn't name that back in the day, I've probably told that story where they, they said, hey, if you give us whatever you, whatever deal you have with Pugna, we'll double it, but you have to sign right now and not go back to them for a counter offer. So like we'll two yes. X for you to fuck them. It's just like, that's not worth it at all. You got like 10 exit for that. Come on, man. Just this blind side them after we spent weeks negotiating a deal. What's wrong with you? That's not how this works. So there's been a little bit of that, but uh, not publicly like this, I guess. I mean, I, I, I think I know your your take, but um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this this NFT style that OG's doing. I, I don't really get it. I, yeah, I don't really. Uh, I just stay away from it all. I get messages from people who want to do NFT stuff in Dota, and I'm just like, someone else can handle that. I'm not handling that. Like in what like NFTs of what in Dota? Like someone, I, I had a couple messages art? about no people trying to monetize like player cards and trying to monetize uh, replays and like trying to sell specific Dota moments and they're like, hey, like can you hook me up with some like tos and I'm oh, just like, like NBA Hot Shot no kind of thing exactly yeah like oh, basically okay. trying to do that yeah 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 all right yeah that's I I don't know that purely collectible I mean, thing is just like some it, it's the the collectibles are weird like certain things are kind of collectible like 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 sports cards are still like collectible and cool. And like, there's some, some things are kind of worth collecting, but a lot of things that are just designed to be collectibles and that it, that's it. Are I bet if you could see the ones that you, you don't even know about that don't make it, you'd be surprised how many of them have tried and failed. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. not, there's a lot of shitty collectibles out there digitally <laughs> and physically I'm not surprised it's translated to the digital space. Like for every Rocket League, there's NBA 2K League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know? no. Yeah. No, you're totally right, though. I mean, that's like not an unfair thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> I would be a top two guys. I could be a professional NHL player if that game could ever get esports. I'm convinced. I always knew how to break that game. Yeah, I did. Why is there a Madden league, but there isn't a hockey league? Because it doesn't have PC sales. It only has sales. And it, the sales are only in Canada. It's basically just made for Canada. In the <laughs> U.S., kind of. <laughs> I mean, they we even, even have, have a, a name for it. We call it Chell. Did you know that? It's called Chell up here. If you ever say, like, you want to play some Chell? Chell? That's what it is. Yeah. It means the EA NHL games. Why? Like it's you're gonna, you're gonna chill and play NHL? What I'll do you mean chill? chill? No, it's just called chill. It's just like does it say that on the box? E L L. No, it's E A. There's no good reason for it. I don't know why it's called chill, but it's always been called chill. Is it like, hey, we're in Canada, so we're just gonna start throwing C's around? Like, yeah, just. Chill, I got dude. no explanation. It was just always chill. Okay, well that's yeah. that's wild. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, exciting news in the uh, the Axie Axie Dota crossover world. Team Secret. I hope uh, I hope they do more stuff with Axie. I'm excited. They're teasing me. Part part of me just feels like they're teasing me right now. Like hi, Zion. I think they are. Yeah. Look how cool I this Steve is. Left Dota. <laughs> Look at the potential that we have if we could work together. Too bad we're not going to work together. Hmm. Well, just see how the placing <laughs> goes for Ti, and then you know hit him up a little bit. Yeah. There you go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Yo, you guys, go. you know what you should do with some of that cash. 
Man, interesting <laughs> with the team secret Axie squad. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, dude. Um, all right, well, let's let's pivot again, I suppose. Let's mm-hmm. talk about qualifiers. Let's talk about TI10, not the event, uh, but the teams. Um, what do we have to go? We still have two two qualifiers to go, right? Western Europe yep. and China. Uh, the two Day bagans? one was today for both of those regions. Okay. Um, so they remain undecided, but uh, four regions have wrapped up. Uh, I was able to do Eastern Europe. You were doing South America. Yep. I did North America, and I th- you didn't do C, right? No. No. I'm too bad. Uh, yeah, C wasn't... Uh, was C no fun? I, I saw, like, the five. No, no, no. C was insane. Oh, C- oh yeah. C was amazing. Well, wow. yeah. long. <laughs> long my, amazing. Uh, I have a patented Trent hot take about the C region. I've t- actually, it's, it's a two-parter hot take. Oh, good. Hot take number one. Sea Dota has always been this good. People just didn't watch it, and it's hilarious watching people act like they care about Sea Dota. Um, I, th- I believe we call those front runners, right? Yes. Now that it's popular, I mean, you go. I am very happy that it got its time in the spotlight because Valve did the shifting of the schedule, but Sea Qualls were just as hype last time. Yeah. Uh, How many years now, did you, me, Lyrical, and Gods grind overnight casting these yeah. sick qualifiers where actually no one gave a shit at all? Yeah, no, in no one cared. It was so sad. <laughs> like they're always good. That Genesperus qualifier was like is that best of five. I still remember that shit. Like that oh, was yeah. dude, I did that moment where they tried to go for the throne. Oh my god. That was I mean, and, and to be fair, a, a lot of people did care about that, but that easily could have had twice the viewers and it oh, would have been more than that. For this sure. Time, seriously, it would have been quadrupled. With the way that they have the format now, the viewership for C was insane. It was so Yeah, high. you're probably right. Yeah. Like Easily quadruple, not even close. <sighs> God. Um, Damn. It. I know. So ah. it's good. We're making positive change. That's good. Hot we're making number progress. two. The games were so good because the teams were super, super nervous, way more nervous than the other regions, and they really, really sucked at holding their lead. Like it was mostly because it was bad Dota. In the same sense that some of the worst Dota is played at TI, some of the worst Dota was also played in that C qualifier. There were so many throws. Which is fun for the spectator, but to everyone act like C's on some other level because of how competitive it was is a little disingenuous. I agree, they're very good at Dota, but you can't be like, C's the best region in the world! Just because they threw a bunch of leads. No, you totally see that. Like, anytime you look for, like, replay suggestions or, hey, you should check this game out, it was really hype, about half the time you realize people's filter of what makes a hype game is just kind of based on the throws and the yelling and entertainment value. And it's like only a portion of those games are actually a result of good Dota, where it be it's not a throw, it's like the team defending makes a clutch defense and it catches the team that should have won off guard. Like, that's different that was from... Hiking today. Yeah. Right, that's so, what I'll say. That's way different from just the "Hey, you should have won this," and then you guys clowned around and just lost because you're you're being idiots. Like, I don't, what's happening right now? Just have some discipline. Come on, this is Ti. Um, yeah, but yeah, what, what's happening in the Viking world, dude? One day qualifiers, uh, and they're already the the talk of the town. Are they going to be the the dark horses for this Ti? No, they just they played like some really really good games, especially game one versus OG. Oh, they lost though. I see. Yeah, they lost 2-1 to OG, but game one, they uh, they held their high ground in very impressive fashion, and Shad was an absolute god. Damn, the they got double alked. That sucks. Game they two did. and yeah, game three. Yeah, but that was Seb alk. Oh. So it was like offlane alk, and oh. uh, I thought it was pretty impressive. Huh. It, um, I think the 
Western Europe scene is going to be very interesting because of um, something that several teams have now mentioned is that no one was scrimming. So no one wanted to scrim each other because they're all going to be playing each other. And so everyone just kind of has their own boxed-in ideas, and people are just bringing it out. Hmm. And they're just going to, like, start playing. So, like, for instance, Liquid just opened in their 2-3 one of the games with a Snapfire Slardar, which are two heroes that, like, no one else has even picked, I don't think. I mean, maybe there were a couple snap picks or something, but, like... Wow. Like, very, very openly, like, oh, this is our good hero pairing that we like because they haven't even been scrimming and practicing some of that stuff. So Okay. All right. It should be very interesting on that front. Well, that is exciting. Um, mm -hmm. So this Tundra squad, okay, they 2-0'd Brame, and uh, they got Liquid next, and then Nigma and OG in the upper bracket. Yeah, good old Western Europe, man. Just as competitive as ever, eh? Yeah, it's uh, it's super hype. It's, I mean, it's kind of awesome that it's, it's separated again. I, I am happy about that once more. Same thing for CE, why it's getting so much exposure. China is getting more exposure, too. Uh, they had tons of viewers. You never see this kind of viewership for like the China DPC even. But because the games are on a little bit before Europe, they get like a little bit of that like early European yeah. viewership. You just so make it more convenient off. for people to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it, um, is it finally Beacoff's time? Is it happening? Has he for the last how many years has it been? Has finally Beacoff found the the compounding interest on his casting efforts where He's got the yeah. right region with the right people that need some English casters for the region. He's got the knowledge. He's got the willingness to destroy his sleep schedule. <laughs> and now he's got the viewers, Trent. This man's and got, got black it all. Too. People love the Peacock and Black combo. Oh, that's, that's the duo, eh? The double yep. Bs. Yeah, they've been doing very well together. Peacock Black, the BK, yep. BK squad. Unfortunately, they're the two I get to see like the least. Uh, because they're like just offset my sleep schedule. I've been talking to Black yeah. a little bit because we're both playing Strive right now, though. Because really? he's a Street Fighter player, so he already has fighting game oh, yeah. experience. I guess he's very good, so he's already ascending very quickly in Guilty Gear. You know, I think I did know that. He He's mm -hmm. good at picking up games in general, but I think I, I did know that he's got uh, a knack for fighting games. Um, well, the, I guess the region nobody cares about, Trent. Uh, South America, you, you were the... the NA. <laughs> The, the only one uh, that was not on it, I think, that did the coverage from the season. Uh, yeah. Myself, Bowie, Gareth, 1437, and Mr. Avo all turned up. So, yeah, you had fun over there in North America, I guess, Mr. Uh, Mr. Northern. I got kicked from Moxie because she's, you know, she's uh, on her SA baby. Well, so. she, I mean, she she did both, right? Or did she only do a little I bit don't of think NA? She, oh, yeah, no, she did do a little bit of NA, actually. Maybe a little at the end after... After I say was over, I that, that think could have been it. So, around that time. But yeah, uh, no, no, I just, I don't know. They asked me to do NA. I wasn't offered anything but SA. So did yeah. some NA, mostly did it with Lyrical. It was good. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to flame here, but I'm going to a little bit because, you know, Purge joined in on South America. And oh, yeah. He was pretty unapologetic about, like, I love Purge's sense of humor where it's sort of a joke, but it's more real than it's a joke. He's like, well, Moxie, as you can see on DotaBuff.com, and then reads out some line. It's just like, there were a couple moments where I thought, I don't think Purge watched a single minute of our TPC coverage. <laughs> which sure he didn't. I don't blame him for it, nor did I really expect, but it was just very funny to like, there were a couple moments where, you know, it was like me and Bowie were able to, to talk about like these memories from season one and kind of go deep. And just like the panels that I did with Purge had a totally different vibe where <laughs> there's just, 
I, I don't, you take it for granted when you like spent all those hours together watching the same Dota games and being really like enthralled by them. And uh, yeah, it was just um, coming in cold. A lot of backstory there. You know, all the different names, yeah. all the name changes too. He's like, okay, so Mariano. Poor guy. I mean, it was it's almost a, a good though. thing, honestly. It would be like, it'd be kind of weird if it was literally the exact same crew doing it. I almost feel like that wouldn't be perfect. It's almost better yeah. to have a new perspective come in. So. Yeah, you might be right about that. that Plus, that's it's true. Purge. Like, who gives a shit? Like, he's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Avo was walk. the real hero, though. He, um... I saw you talking about... Yeah, he uh, that uh, that was slightly embarrassing too because he it was like right at the end before like the talent shift and he popped into Discord two seconds before I started talking about him. So he thought I did it to like like make him feel weird because he just joined Discord. But I was kind of I had planned it out that morning because I I there's there's like a couple levels to it. All right, one like I didn't know who this guy was. I'm I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be totally honest here. All right, I'm like out of Dota, so I'm just gonna talk. Okay, he used to be Mr. D Swordfish or whatever, yes. right? Or D Swordfish. He was yeah. introduced to me as like the E Pulse caster, and I remember going, "The fuck does that mean? What's an E Pulse caster? It's like oh, he works for E Pulse and he's in our studio and he's gonna cast all of our tournaments." And then. I don't know, like, they do some small tournaments, but that's, like, a weird, like, there aren't that many full-time employed Dota casters, and you don't seem to have that much Dota content. I don't get it here. So I unfairly judged him and put him in this box of, like, I don't even know what, like, your job is, but have fun in Malaysia. Um, so uh, it's, you know, it's, like, I don't know, cordial or whatever, but I just never really worked with him. Um I guess it was in this first, the beginning of the the DPC season, I had connected with him on Discord, um, and he just gave me some notes and some background, and then we did a podcast where he translated, and after the podcast, we had like a follow-up conversation, and I just realized that he is, he's a sleeper talent. He's an insanely smart guy. He's super, like, self-aware. He's really a, a... a bit of a masochist in a good way where like he'll read Twitch chat. He'll take the hard criticism. Like if Moonduck were, were in its prime, I think he would be like a hundred percent fit for our culture and work style in terms mm. of being able to take it. He loves like good hu- like humor and like put down stuff. And um, he's just a very, very smart, thoughtful <laughs> person that is tell you one thing. really good at no. broadcasting. Dumbass can't work his mute button, Avo. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Hot mic? Every or... single time we come he's back muted. from a break, he's always muted. <laughs> yeah, I, and this one is like a running joke because then he'll be muted. So he'll start talking and the stream can hear him, but Discord can't. So his co-caster oh, okay. can't hear a word he's saying. So you'll see him stop because he realizes he leans over, he presses a button, he starts talking again, and he's still muted. That happens like <laughs> six times a day. It's like, well, Avo, please. You know, yeah, don't, don't you proof your mixer. So, all right, the, the, the man's not perfect. But so all, <laughs> all that, flaws. you know, just as like an English speaker or whatever, I, I found him. I love it. Every so often I podcast with somebody and then we end the show and it's like we just do another podcast that's not recorded. And sometimes mm-hmm. I walk away from that like, damn, that's somebody I'd really like to do panels with if they know what they're talking about when it comes to Dota. So then the next layer he is beyond an expert when it comes to South American Dota because he's a Spanish speaker and he does talent work in Spanish. So he he like he yeah. knows the players, he's interacted with them, he's translated a lot of content, he's made a lot of content. So he's 
the resource next to Bowie. I mean, Bowie speaks Portuguese, right? So he knows the Brazil stuff better than, I mean, Avo knows some of the Brazilians, but those two guys are like the bridge in terms of English speakers that know the, the real ground. There, there level are new stuff. jacks. Jack's yeah. been replaced. And we're, that's we're going to the other side. That's the third level of like Avo is doing these double shifts on like all these events. These last DPC seasons, he's been covering mostly in Spanish. And then this qualifier he did in English and in Spanish in different regions, running from game to game, broadcast to broadcast. And even amongst all that, he's still, I mean, He's a little sweaty. I see, I can see him running from broadcast to broadcast, but I mean, he's still slaying it, right? He seriously knows his shit. He's good on camera. He's funny. He's good at engaging with the other talent. He can cast. He can host. He can analyze. He can sit on a desk. He can seriously do it all, man. I'm like not yeah. even trying to butter him up. Like legit, if Valve does not hire this guy for TI, I, I think it would be a serious shame. He is Jack Chen, but Spanish speaker. And then some, because Jack was never a caster, really, right? Jack would just do panel mm. stuff. Avo could host. He could host a Spanish panel. He could host an English panel. That's He can do play-by-play in two languages. That's insane. That's not easy. I mean, it sounds stupid, but nothing pays off more in Dota than just grinding. It is by far the fastest way to just get good. Yeah. Like, people, I I mean, yeah. I, I get the sense people have no clue where i came from which makes sense because where did i come from like that's honest to god i literally popped out of twitch chat i think the woods in canada yeah uh i was a total nobody who just saw dota and wanted to do something in it and now i i saw this the other day so now i'm looking i actually have the most english games recorded on that dota wow i like a lot Uh, i'm I'm actually is ahead of me unfortunately uh, but keep in mind that obviously people who are on LAN all the time, it's not going to be quite as close. But to be fair, even with the LAN stuff factored in, I'm like really far ahead. I have like 2,043 games on that Dota recorded as me casting, plus games where I wouldn't have been in the lobby. And uh, wow, grind dude. makes you good, you know? Yeah. I mean, caps, I have double cap. <laughs> Actually, I mean, to be fair, he's been off the grind recently. If you think about the last two years, there yeah. has not been that much cap on camera in-game casting compared to the years leading up to that. I don't and know. Well, if- keep in mind his lands and stuff too. Like he, he's probably not in the lobby half the time. He also plays. See, that's why it's important that I have such a big number. True. Making that big number doesn't make me the best, the best caster. That number is what <laughs> I need because <laughs> I don't cast or i don't play dota like i don't wow. play solo what a great analyst you would be if that's the hill that you were gonna die on i have done the most therefore i am <laughs> yeah. the greatest sorry cinderin vow before me sir <laughs> i should put it on my twitter <laughs> profile <laughs> number one dota caster by number of games cast <laughs> yeah you should that'd be a great... <laughs> i'll just oh start listing God. casters who are below me uh, just, I'll put their number there too. You, know? you need to just start passively aggressive or passive aggressively tweeting that chart like every month with the, the tally update. It's like oh, another 2% margin for old Trent in the well, bag. I did just pass RU OBS number two. So oh, well. watch out, world. I'm coming. Look out. I mean, shit. That, that's got to be multiple humans. That, that's not fair, even. Look mm-hmm. at you moving up in the world. Um, but the qualifiers were pretty good. I mean, they were, they were nice and smooth. I, uh, I have to say, buddy, I love this new world of you just dial in. Producing 
and doing talent work Bruh. is for suckers. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> it's like Alzing and casting. It's for suckers. This is the absolute dream. You, you just you call up, you go, hey, guys, webcam's on. All right, I'm going to go get some breakfast. And then you come back and you do your stuff. And then you say, see you later. And it's someone else that gets to pull all the levers. And I just get to focus on talking. I don't have to think about mic levels. Dude. Yep. Ah. And then you're home. It's good. It's been good, though. Really good. I've transferred that energy forward. We did an AMA for Axie that I hosted, uh, like I don't know, two weeks ago or something. And in my head, that's how I wanted to set it up for my coworkers. That it's like, all right, all you guys have to do is call in, and then we'll start like two minutes after that, and then the show's done, and that's it. I'll do everything else. Total turnkey. And when you can do that, it is a pretty pleasing... F- I, I kind of get why people do production. When it all works, it does feel really good. Very satisfying. It yeah. really is. Like when you have that final piece and it's like, guys, that was just a solid, well done. That's like we kind of hit all the boxes. It, no surprises. It's uh, That's a great feeling. I love getting some of that energy. I would do production, but I feel like I'd be robbing the world of my talents. So, Well, I mean, yeah. Yes. Can you imagine me off camera? God. No. What a sin that would be. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Never. Observer, I guess that was Statsman Trent. There you go. That's These... true. Yeah, it literally wormed my way to Statsman Trent onto the camera. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that was my plan all along. That actually worked. Easy. I mean, touche, my friend. Touche. Thank you. You, you yeah. definitely had a strategy. Um, mm-hmm. I had another announcement written down, and I've forgotten what it is. Uh, what, what else has happened in the, the world of Dota? Oh, well, um, I did see that you retweeted the... Um, the thing oh. that Phil said, and I thought that was very interesting. Yes. Oh, that's, we talked about that a little off camera. That is exactly um, what I was thinking of. I, I know. I'm in your head, dude. I know how you think. Yeah, you really so, are. I want to pull up the tweet, but I, what, is yes. he Philip? Is that why I can't find it? Yes, he's just Philip underscore Aram. Uh, so, yeah, guys, as you know, TI has been announced for uh, October 7th to 17th, as we said earlier. Uh, but Phil, uh, used to be EG Phil, has since left. He's now head of the Players Union, I believe, for LCS. Is that correct? Um, um, for the NA LC, home of the LCS's Players Association. Yeah. Yes. Run by and for NA League of Legends Pro Players. So he is the head of that. So he's out of Dota, uh, which gives him a little bit more space to, to speak of it. And he said that most contracts for Dota teams expire in September. So, guys, what does that mean if your team's now going to TI in October? You got leverage. Uh, yeah, this, this is where this is where the crossover of business and art happens. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, so like to, to give a moon duck anecdote, right? Most businesses, when you start, like when when you go to file the paperwork you write a thing called an operating agreement, right? And an operating agreement is just a blank canvas. You can put it basically anything in there for the most part when it comes to LLCs in terms of how you want to govern this thing, right? Like what Do you have a board of directors? Do you have one person that's in charge? Just how do you vote on stuff? What shit do you vote on? All those kinds of things. Um, and we never, we, it, we didn't have one for a while. And when we made one, it was kind of just like, yeah, we'll figure it out. That was kind of just what we wrote in there. Like, 
we're all agreeable. That was our operating agreement. That was, yeah. And and like <laughs> now there were times where that sucked and it was like a little scary and some people weren't sure exactly where they stood like in in the pecking order when that should have been made really clear in like a cap table. But um being able to like just move stuff around and you know, after a year and a half, just say, hey, guys, should we all just reassess the cap table? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's come up with a thing. Then afterwards, are we all okay with this? Well, yeah, if we all agree, then we can do whatever we want. Sure, cut Suns fan shares in half. Fuck him. Let's do it. If we all, if Suns fan himself agrees, we can do it. All right, consensus. This is a powerful thing. Um, so, like, that flexibility is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways, but it can be a great power if you really are on the same page and agree. Uh, what man, I think Phil hit this one on the head. I think so much is structured around the regularity. Like, Trent, we talked about this in so many past podcasts, and this was why DPC is good and why COVID yeah. mysteriousness and valve silence was so bad because regularity is the main thing that we plan around. Like, these player swap sanctioned times. You know, the TI qualifiers always happening within the same three or four week period. TI always happening within the same three or four week period. People after 10 years look at those data points and go, well, it's a pretty safe assumption that TI is going to happen within these dates again. So you build infrastructure around that. You build contracts, you make business deals, you make sponsorship deals, you move money around at strategic times around these major events in the Dota 2 space. And TI, obviously, it's it's the major of the major. So um, you would hope that most parties involved, given the craziness of the times and how unprecedented this is and how we all know Valve definitely didn't want to have to postpone this event to October, yeah. um, most sides will be able to just say, hey, guys, can we just kind of do like a plus three on this? Can we just get an extension and then, you know, kind of pretend that September's, uh, you know, or like November's the new September or something? Uh, can we get like a, a mulligan on, on the timeline of this thing? And you'd figure most teams that's going to work out. But when you come to a head, you go to the black and white, man. And that's where the business side comes in. They, you, you burn the art and follow the contract and somebody gets fucked. Somebody yeah, gets I'm left thinking. holding the bag, man. <laughs> well, I, that's everything. What team is the most vulnerable to this, I wonder, out of Ooh. the teams that are currently guaranteed to TI? Great question. Who would not be necessarily, like, are there any orgs that aren't pulling their weight? I mean, honestly, the question is probably just going to be one of the SA orgs, right? Hmm. Well, I don't know, because Beast Coast and Thunder Predator, I, I actually, to me, Beast Coast is a bit of a black box. Like, I know the management, the English-speaking side. I really don't know anything about the players. Like, I've talked to Guashi a little bit, so I've gotten mm -hmm. the, like, manager interface, but, you know, that's... It, it, there's a there's a, a filter there, you know? Um, like, I've never interviewed a Beast Coast player, but I, I've talked to multiple people at Thunder Predator, both on the org side, on the player side, and I, I think Thunder Predator's pretty happy. I, I think their squad is pretty friendly. They talk about the energy that the team has, and, like, Leo mm -hmm. Styles, like, a big jokester and stuff, and... I think the org has a good reputation, and they really make an effort to take care of the players. So that one would surprise me. And well, I, that, that can all be true, but how much do you, do you think? I guess the question is, what orgs are most likely to take a TI cut that you could now negate? So here's the and thing: to me, it's those three. 
so his it's it's one of those inverted things where because it's been so stream historically, where so many teams in South America have gotten so fucked by orgs taking massive percentages, the reason that Beast Coast and Thunder Predator are tier one orgs in South America and have player loyalty and are less susceptible to this is because they take lower cuts. I don't know what cuts they take, but I think they look at the tier one scene and model after that rather than you know the, quote, SA model in the past of 50% plus that goes to the org. Yeah. So... Your your head's in the right place, but I think for these two specifically, that's what makes them stand apart is shit like that. So, I don't know, man. I that that's a tough call. And Undying's not an org, right? That's just players. Yeah, I just think Pink brings up another angle that I never even considered is that some teams' uh, contracts are going to run out, and they could rebuy before Ti. Hmm. So any team that didn't qualify in a region that's like a moderately large name could theoretically right. pick up one of these empty squads. So you mean like Alliance's team says, see you later, losers, and then... Well, let's say someone who didn't qualify. So like, because like Alliance are guaranteed, right? Yeah. So like, you know, you pick a team in any region that has like a decent, I don't know, but like see, like, like let's just pretend that uh, TNC, for example, was like, oh, well, our team didn't make it. Uh, so uh, your contracts run out in September. We're gonna sign Quincy Crew. Right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like if um, <laughs> there's not many orgs that can really do that. Honestly, <laughs> it's like what is Liquid gonna dump their team if they don't qualify? Ah, they're, they're too devoted, dude. Li Liquid yeah. is my gold standard of org right now. I don't care yeah. if this this team doesn't even need to qualify to TI, and I think they're the most valuable team in Dota. No, they're rock Boom solid. Roasted. Their content is so good. I mean, maybe it's just because our scene doesn't appreciate content the way it should. But honest to God, the vlogs they've been putting out, you guys need to go watch those things. I was talking with them on stream today. I wonder if China might be the most susceptible because they have the most infrastructure around their contracts and the most serious like buyout player enforcement. Like they Is it Ace still or yeah, whatever? They, they would get blacklisted, dude. You can't mess around. China, they have no options. They're just so, but that's what I mean. Where if they can't, like, depending on who has leverage, it's all just business. So if they can't come to an agreement, then something could split. Is is my angle on it? You know, so that's what I mean. I if think, like they can't fuck people the, over, yeah, the players have no power in China. I don't think because I mean we saw him to wings. Mm. To me, that whole thing is like I don't want to mess with that. I think if they get offered the plus three months till Ti. And they'll just say yes. That's also true. It's like the players are so valuable in China also, and they have very large salaries at that caliber. So maybe you're right. God, you're maybe does this actually affect any teams? I don't think so. Now that you say that, like you're right. Phil said that, and I was like, wow, this is really astute. And now I'm looking at this and like SG, I think, is even similar. Like everything oh. I said about Thunder Predator, SG is just the Brazilian version of that. Like they I'll are the, the org. That it could affect. I think T1 should ask for higher numbers. Like, let's say their contract's running out. They should ask for more money. I don't think they will because T1 is a prestigious org outside of Dota. I don't know how many Dota fans know this. T1 is one of the biggest esports brands on the planet. Yes. Like, they're very, 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 very popular. But Dota players are all isolated. They don't watch other games. They don't care about other games. They don't care about other brands. They don't watch team content. Dude, they don't care. They're sponsored by all. Nike and BMW. Like, this come on, man. everything. They're huge. They I mean, are absolutely massive. Yes. 
Um, so they have money to throw around, and I guarantee these guys are not getting paid what they're worth. Because, like, let's be real. T1 ventured into Dota, and I appreciate that, but You're I would probably hope right. that they can throw some more money at them. You've so probably they would got be a good. good. Um, Virtus Pro, theoretically. Yeah. I mean, they could ask for more money. I'm not saying we should, like, leave their team, but there might be a chance for some harder negotiations here. Quincy Crew, they might finally demand that Jack <laughs> does some something. more from Jack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Jack, you got to <laughs> finally sign us to an orc. <laughs> I can't uh, believe 100 Thieves hasn't picked up Quincy Crew yet. Just do it already. Jeez. Yeah. Get your free Dota merch out, man. Um, I'm, I'm with How you. How is Melk working at 100 Thieves and we still haven't got a team? Like, what are you even doing over there? worthless <laughs> jacob um, come on i mean maybe spirit i i guess i i know very little about the back end of team spirit uh what what those players look like relative to the org in my head i think of spirit as one of the smaller orgs but they've been around for long enough now founded in 2015 they've got like a real presence they, they've moved their way up from tier two to tier yeah. 1.5 for sure and now i i guess that they're kind of in tier one league i mean le legitimately so um, yeah, they're I also sponsored. Nice little Christmas. What's with Ni is Nike just like a normal esports sponsor now? They also sponsor uh, Spirit. Do they though? I well, feel like someone just puts that on their pages. Well, you you make points that I can't refute. <laughs> um, yeah, Nike might give them some free sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Maybe. What do you, you think? You never know. Um, it's like Starladder having all the free Coke cans. Uh huh. It's like, I don't know. They just got a small time Coke sponsorship. They got Coke everywhere you go to Starladder. It's great. Yeah. I got no explanation for it. What, um, what did you think of the last? I know this is like ancient news now, but you know, mm -hmm. we only talk so much. What did mm -hmm. you think about the last WePlay event? The, was it the last? Uh, it was the mm -hmm. major, right? The Animator shit was dope. I, I got Extremely yeah, I was, good. ESL was right after right? Animator into yes. ESL. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, the Animator was amazing. I don't really know what else to say. Honestly, what, God, that was like. Was it too best. dope? Is it was weird? It? Well, like, how did they spend more on their set than we spent on like m multiple events combined? Their set guy bragging on Twitter. That shit made Dude, that me picture was hurt. the. Funniest thing I've ever seen uh, in my life. Wait, which I one are you it. talking about? The one with him doing the little pose. Oh, yeah, that okay. One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm sure we're talking about How can we be talking about anything else? Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, fair enough. Well, and he was bragging. He was like mocking ESL with someone. Like they came up with the idea that ESL would have the audacity to do a summer summertime. <laughs> Haven't you and seen my swim shorts, you idiots? Oh, my God, dude. That was like... Uh, oh, oh my god that was so funny that double back of the that like was the funniest tweet i've ever seen in my life it's and all frankie just was jokes. going in on this guy i'm like yeah jokes these are hysterical not for the oh. reasons you think they are this is so fucking stupid my god yeah that was a good one that guy he got taken out a little bit that day yeah i let the guy have his time i mean so here's here's the thing it's that's that's part of what makes it hard is that guy's actually probably really good at his job, right? That set was sick, and if he actually designed amazing. all that stuff, like, yeah. well done. I, I I don't even think the the guy is the issue. You know, it's like if if you give him a huge budget and he slays it, sure, have some bragging rights. The, the problem is the the layer above that 
of one should ask like, huh, that is a lot of material. <laughs> Why did we spend this much money to build a anime I mean, castle? People, <laughs> people ask them on Reddit, and their response is that they are investing in the future of esports because they believe that it is uh, it's a worthwhile investment. I mean, no, that's I, that sounds great when you can't see the numbers. Exactly, but then <laughs> the numbers come up, and you're like, my goodness. <laughs> You should have bought some Bitcoin, my friend. Ooh. We could have many more Dota tournaments if you done it around that time. I mean, the, the production quality was sick. I, I like the really fluid transactions of like the the talent sitting at the bar and stuff. I think like oh, that so good. that aspect wholeheartedly agree. That is like a great example of investing in a future concept of like, hey, if this could be our standard for every event, this is like a badass tra- transition that makes people say, wow. And just makes the whole show feel fluid. And to do that, we need to build a big set. O- okay, that y- you're, I'm with you to that point. But then it's st- there's still orders of magnitude after that. You know, you, there's a difference between spending 10k, 100k, 500k on a set for a single event. You know, um, yeah, or a million, a million k. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, it was just that it stood out to me. Um, are, you're you're into the brands. You're into the costumes. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm down with the idea of being provided outfits, not to pack suits. Yeah, the, I'm the, in. The numbers don't lie because I there are like I hear a handful of people say like I'm not watching that cringy shit because I want to see just normal talent, not these costumes. But when you look at the numbers and the viewership and the hype around it, it's like for every one of you, there's like 10 of people that think this is the coolest shit ever from what I've observed. Oh, those people are lying anyway. They're going to watch the games anyway. Give me a break. No one's going to turn off the games of what we're wearing. Yeah, well, yeah, probably. Um, so, but I, it seems to be a huge net gain. So I, I think more power to them. Although I, it does, it, it's a little it, like, it, it's like a 12 out of 10 and i would say maybe turn it down to like 9 out of 10 and we'd be in the sweet spot if i were like the creative director but i mean to be fair you could have ran a tournament with like ctrs or uh, crts and like this grainy ass feed and you would have got the same viewership in this year i I think like this is the freest (laughs) year ever for online viewership people are so thirsty for dota content that literally whoever ran that major was going to get the biggest numbers ever i think we played did an amazing job but at the end of the day, everyone is, is just a. It's like how people are addicted to playing Dota no matter what the patches. They're also addicted to just watching it. So, yeah. we played did an amazing job. It was the best major I've ever seen. I also believe that the most likely time to get the highest viewership ever was this time period. It was. You're definitely right that the uh, environment was prime for a hype event, and Dota was in a spot to lead into some like really exciting stuff. You know, team-wise and gameplay-wise. So, yeah, f- fair enough. That That's totally... That makes... Had, it's like a better base to amplify with all the stuff that they put on top. Yeah, I'll throw in my criticisms because uh, Ta has a, a great point. The ending was horrendous. Um, it and just kind of cut, right? I think I was watching. Yeah, so they have a, they had a couple huge problems. Number one, they tried to get away with in-house observers on a major. Just, just don't. Don't is very hard to observe. If people can notice... When the like the observing's bad on like some shitty side tournament, like don't don't try it a major. Like CSGO. I saw the guy, don't go on Reddit also if you are an in-hosted observer, please. He was like, I'd love to please he was asking for timestamps of when he missed kills and he messed up. And I was like, dude, you gotta log off right now. Get off Reddit. Uh 
So like, I don't know what you'll do with this information, but I can guarantee it won't help you. <laughs> I guarantee this is not going to end well for you. So eventually they came and they're like, we're so pleased to announce that we've brought on Scrim and Pinbuckle. I'm like, oh, wow, we got busted <laughs> using our in-house observer. And we're very pleased to announce we'll be spending more money. Uh, so, so that did make me laugh. Didn't they um, all do the private jets for the Chinese teams because of the visa thing? They did. So, yes, that was also crazy. Again, Trent, I, I admire I the dedication. <laughs> I admire that they made it happen. And it's like Don't it wasn't. Say it's IRA. I want to be hired. It wasn't their fault that like the Chinese teams had visa issues, but staggering amounts of money, huge. Um, like, what do you think it cost to charter a jet, a private jet from China to Kiev? Hundred grand, two hundred grand. Are, is that? I, I mean, I don't even know if that's like a good ballpark number. I have seventy bucks. I from what I I actually researched it because I was curious, and it's not that bad for the approximate type. It's like one point like five to one point seven x your normal ticket cost. You could charter a flight that would get all those people there. That's it. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it kind of makes sense. When you think about all the overhead and stuff of, like, airports and, like, the idea that you're just book booking a ticket and you don't do anything else. When you charter a plane and you have all these passengers and stuff and you have this bulk discount, that, that was what the math worked out to for one that I looked up. That sounds way too cheap. I mean, maybe my numbers were, like, about crazy 1. high. think about 1.7x? But... I mean, that's still really high. It's but... almost double the cost of a normal ticket. Yeah. That, uh, I guess that's true. I mean, that's... I just still would have thought it'd be a lot more than that for like, what, what is this, like a 10, 15 person plane or something? I mean, it's not a lot of humans. What? No, no, these were big planes. I think these were like, I think they got a huge plane. Oh, so they just did one giant did plane like a, a and loaded, plane. loaded all of them up in one. Yeah. Ah, I think they okay. did. I think I might have heard there were two. I can't remember. Two uh, giant planes. They were pretty planes. big planes. Yeah. It sounds expensive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, course, they, yes, it is expensive. They but. made it work. I mean, that the, you got to give the shout out to get the, getting the players there. I mean, that that is some dedication. I uh, like when I first saw that news break. I almost thought it was like some kind of Dota like Onion article of like, wow, okay. I've never even seen a private jet in real life, let alone like flown in one. I mean, yeah. wowzers. Uh, and then, of course, the ending. Uh, oh, yeah. I read, so, okay, now you're more into the know about this than I am. But is there any merit good. to this idea of cutting the stream at its peak because of the concurrent viewer numbers hurt you? Because that was the excuse people were throwing down in everything what, like, I was reading. If you and stick around for, like, you, let's say you leave the stream on for another 30 minutes and you go down from, like, 150K to 50K, and then that hurts your average numbers? Yeah. Is, is that the so argument? Because, Yeah. That was the argument. That sounds. But didn't they just do like a ten-hour stream and at yeah. max, that's like an extra twenty minutes for an interview? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't. Yeah, I think that's one. That's like uh, deleting fi like word files for hard drive space argument. It's like a drop in the yeah. bucket because it's you look at the metrics of the whole event usually, and on the finals, mostly they just care about the peak. Like I don't think anybody. Yeah, exactly. The average is like averaged out. Now, so who yeah. cares? I think the main issue was they didn't have a translator, right? That was the issue. So they just, I think that there was literally the call on production of just like, hey, if, you know, if this they guy. win, 
then we're not doing an interview. This fucking guy. Trent, you're really smart. You know that? Dude, they didn't. They never interviewed a single Chinese player the whole tournament. Trent, you have stumbled onto something that so many events like... (sighs) We did it, didn't we? Yes, but that's because we're broke. Did we interview a cat? Were we going to interview a Cavs rap of Secret Loss? Yeah, remember Jack was there. We had a translator. Oh, yeah, you're right, he was we there. Flew right. in we Jack. did have one. We're broke okay, and right, we right, still right. planned for it. You know why? Because we actually give a shit about international <laughs> Dota <laughs> trend. Because we are not these Western frontrunner assholes that just look at what's happening in Western Europe and go, oh my God, the whole world revolves around Secret and Alliance. No, we look at holistic Dota. We know some of the best Dota in the world comes from South America, Southeast Asia, North America, China. Hello. And we were prepared to get the inside scoop. We brought the man that had the knowledge. This tournament that thought to charter two private jumbo jets, Trent, they spent a billion dollars on a glowy floor and sneakers for all the talent that have those little lights in them when you walk, and they didn't think to bring a single person that speaks Mandarin to do it on camera. Like, come on, man. Come on. And they really care about Dota. Hey, they care about Dota. They said it. I've seen it tweeted several times. Yeah. Leave we play alone, Andrew. I'm going to defend them against you, okay? <sighs> well, then why didn't they bring a translator? That is indefensible. That is indefensible. How many Chinese teams are at this event? One, two. There's COVID restrictions. Three, four. People are hard to get in. <laughs> you had four Chinese teams there, dude. dude. They didn't have observers, okay? They couldn't get a translator on short notice. Four of the 18 teams. One of um, we saw this at that uh, Vegas event. Oh yeah, that is true. I did hear this as well. Cap said that something someone messed up and they set off the fireworks when they weren't supposed to, so they just canned it. Oh, so that that also could have been part of the reasoning. Too. So like there was an error or whatever, and they had to pull yeah. the ejector seat. Because now someone got cut off. I was kind of watching it, and it got all huh. weird, and then they just kind of like threw, and so it was fine. I, I got a similar sense. My my first thought was not like this was this was the plan. My first thought was, oh wow, they actually had to hit the button. You never hit the button. Like the event always has a kill switch, right? There's always like, uh, oh shit, oh shit, just all right, throw it to the thing, and it's like, okay, I guess we're just rolling the credits now. Like you never want that to happen, but um, wow, I didn't think about fireworks going off wrong. That's scary. Well, I mean, just at the wrong time. It, it was just out of sync. Not not dangerous. Just well, like, you know. I mean, I, but I, I guess that can be dangerous with fireworks. I don't know. I've had some close for comfort calls. I think at the DAC I went to, fireworks went off when we were standing on the stage. And I had no idea fireworks were going to go off. And it was kind of like, I don't know, man. I pretty easily could have just been standing there. I was just, you know, moping around. Um yeah, I don't have a good explanation for you. It was just weird. I, I would give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. I, I don't know why you'd want to cut the stream prematurely. I think it's yeah, nice sure to do a wrap-up. Um, yeah, anyway, it, it did kind of put a little bit of a sour taste at the end of an amazing event. Well, yeah, it's, it's like interview, and it's also nice to bring the host back just to do a proper closeout. It's like you don't have to yeah. do like a cheesy thank you for watching, but it's nice to just like have Probably a... always do. You simmer a little, right? It's like you think about the story arc. It goes up. The finals happen, that crazy moment. You're up here, like your adrenaline's peaking. You want somebody to kind of hold your hand a little bit as you come back down. You want to see Shiver's face. You want to have that calming presence of the panel to like, hey, that was cool. All right, everybody breathe. There's going to be more Dota. And like it 
it brings you back down to level. If you just cut it when you're up high, it's like the roller coaster going out before you're done the final dip, and you're like, wait, but I'm just, oh, okay. It's they went for now. the shoot off into space, like you just yeah. launch off the roller coaster, which is another route, to be honest. So yeah, um, but I, I saw some people saying, "I don't care. I'm glad it's just over. That was hype as hell." <laughs> so I mean, it's true. The events are never that good. Let's, I mean, the ends are never that good. Let's be honest. Yeah, except for a Captain's Draft, that was the best ending of all time. Ha- has there ever been a good uh, a good winners interview in Dota? Probably. But I can't think I mean, of one that has stood out that was particularly good. They're usually outside pretty of awful. TI. The TI ones are good. It's yeah, anything well, okay. outside of TI that's bad. Yeah, TI doesn't that's count. just because TI carries anything. It's like the Stanley Cup. People just cry on camera and it's right. Like, it's too intense. Know? Like you're you're just and you're yeah. riding that roller coaster with them. But like every winner's interview, like all the Dota pit lands I've done, the winner's interview is like, yeah, we won. We like Dota. We're gonna go home and play more Dota. Uh, it's so, so scarily accurate. Yeah. What are you going to do yes. with the money? Probably. Yes, they played very well. Probably save it. Uh, I respect the other probably team. Probably save it. Uh, I mean, it's not even I don't like, really buy anything. I'm not even trying <laughs> to flame. Line. It's like, actually, I always it's think true. it's going to be an interesting question. What are you going to do with the money? Like, are you going to buy? You just got $100,000 in your pocket. Are you going to do Disney something? World. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to. I would upgrade my computer, but I already did that. It's got three graphics cards, and I just play Dota, so I don't really, <laughs> you know, like simple, uh, simple folks, man. Dota's all it takes. Mm-hmm. That's how uh, we do. All right, hit us with uh, your your show and game uh, game recommendations, Trent. Let's close what? it out. What do you got? What do you about? what are you playing okay, and what are you watching, dude? That's all right, well, our... first off, I watch Bo Burnham's Inside, and I oh. just want to say that. Dude, okay, I don't actually know. Maybe I'm just crazy, and some people are going to watch it and hate it, but to me, I thought that was such an important piece, even if it is just comedy. I thought it was so good. Like, it was was more than just a bunch of stupid songs. I think it really helped capture some of the parts about lockdown, especially for people who would have been like, because it simulated someone being alone. You know what I mean? Yes. It was very meta with multiple layers to the meta of like simulated being alone and like sort of the struggle of being a creative and anybody that does anything performative and also like displaying amazing, like pretty cool cinematography for something he filmed actually by himself. So it's and the songs like that. The writing is really good. And that captures a whole element of like some of the comedy bits uh, of like the like the unpaid intern and like his little streamer bits. Some of those had me holding my sides. Like, uh, yeah, thanks for uh, the 10 months there. The, like the, the jaded streamer guy. Oh, my God. That character the, had um, me dying. The void of the camera really got to me. Which I don't, I don't, that probably won't resonate with like a lot of people as compared to like people like us who do this as like a job. But this, just that slow zooming in, zooming in on nothing but like the black void camera and this dark, yeah. shitty room was so exactly what my experience has been like. Like, working from home, right now, I am looking at you guys through nothing but this tiny black camera. And I don't know what you're thinking about what I'm saying right now. I don't know how you're reacting. I don't know if you like me. I don't know if you hate me. That is what it's like sometimes to just, like, do content to Dota streams. And I feel I felt that, like, so hard watching that. It was very weird. 
Yeah. It was, it was it really hit me just from that. I had a weird moment where I was podcasting or something and I was staring into my camera and I had that same thought. I was like, God damn, this thing is just like a black hole. I had one of those like mini <laughs> yeah, I, I had a 10 second existential crisis on a podcast and it snapped back to reality like, holy fuck. I think that I think that Netflix special said something to me. Oh, man. Now, what was weird for me, though, I mentioned this to you. I did not like it. When I first watched it, I didn't hate it, but I did, I was like really 50 50 where I was I, I just wasn't ready for it. And I, I watched it with somebody else online. And afterwards, the person I watched it with said I really liked it. I thought it was really good. I was like, ah, it was a little too campy. I don't know. And then it, it weirdly stuck with me. And then I noticed the songs were on Spotify and I listened to the whole album again. And went, huh, these lyrics are actually way better than I thought. And then I started watching the videos again and went, huh, these videos are way better than I thought. And then I watched the whole thing again and went, this thing flows so seamlessly. And then it just clicked. I think this is a masterpiece. I think it, it it's, it's not for everyone, but it's really a masterpiece. It's funny. It's real. It makes you think. It's got everything. So uh, fucking go Bo Burnham. I, I went on a little yeah. rabbit hole with him. I didn't know how interesting his backstory was. Like no, that, I didn't really know anything. He had like anxiety issues and stuff and... Like his H three H three podcast, I thought was very good, super entertaining. Um, oh, but yeah, that was definitely the best thing I've watched lately. Yeah, I haven't really watched anything other than that. Um, I'm trying to think in my back of my head. I, I don't think so. I rewatched Rush Hour. That was pretty funny. Oh, and I think going back and watching you watching you're a kid and you're like, huh, that was actually pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> go Jackie uh, Chan. <laughs> I've I've been watching a little King of the Hill. Um, oh, what? Uh, You're I on slowly, the King of the Hill train. A little bit. So that's the, oh. you saying that reminded me of like I've we I kind of like I watched enough Bob's Burgers that I didn't finish it yet, but I watched most of it, and I was looking for another like you know kind of adulty cartoon, and King of the Hill is it's so much better than I remember. It it Dude. was so so ahead of its time. Mike it, Judge is beyond a, a genius. I mean, it's, he is a genius. It's insane. And it's the best writing of any cartoon show ever. And I said that when I was like 18, and I was thinking about that like three or four years ago, and I was like, was it really that good? And I rewatched All King of the Hill, and I said, yes, it is the best writing. It slays me. It captures kills me. It, it's such a time capsule. And then it, it it's like a social commentary that still is applicable today, but really does capture. Like, Hank is just the perfect... That that insecure male, like that stereotype archetype that he fills, it's it's too perfect. It's too real. It's it's, it's so one good. of the only cartoons that sometimes if I'm watching it in the background and like working on my computer and I'm kind of just listening, I sort of forget that it's a cartoon. You know what I mean? Like oh, it, yeah, it yeah, almost sure. feels real the way the writing is if you're just sort of listening to it. It's uh Ah, yeah. So I haven't been watching anything. Oh, that, that's how we're getting tell. old, dude. We're just rewatching the same old shit. Like, oh, I know. Wow. They're gonna make shows for us, and they're gonna be like, oh, Super Smash Brothers Ooh. Melee HD for eighty nine ninety nine. Well, I gotta buy that. I love that game as a kid. Yeah, I've I keep, been on a bit of that. I keep hearing recommendations for shows on Disney Plus that are supposed to be really good from people whose reviews I kind of trust, but I just don't see myself buying Disney Plus. You know, I I just yeah, no, I don't. Man. I don't, I don't know if that's value. I'd rather just pay for single things at a time than go the subscription route. Yeah. Um, I did just watch the invention of lying with Ricky Gervais. Oh, you ever see that uh, one? 
Yes, I watched that with my dear wife when we probably like our first year of dating. Oh, my wow. favorite line, or not even line, but at one point a transfer truck drives by, and on the side it says Pepsi for when they don't have Coke. Yeah. And I thought that was very good. <laughs> that I, sold the movie for me. I was watching it with uh, somebody who hadn't seen it before, and I, I love, I love that movie because it always clicks for everyone at a slightly different point of. Oh, it's a movie about religion being stupid. Oh, okay. Oh, all right, man. Okay. All right. Now, oh, okay. I'm into it. Let's I want to see where this is going. It's like you it's that's what makes it good. It's it starts strong and then it starts to fall off a little bit and becomes a bit of a sleeper and then right as you're kind of about to to turn it off almost, it kicks you with the Okay, now now I like where we're going with this stupid movie. This stupid movie's that's got good. uh it's punching. That's solid. I like Ricky Gervais. He cracks me up. Speaking um, of religion movies, completely mm. random. Did you ever see Dogma? Oh yeah, Kevin Smith, dude. Oh fuck wow. yeah, that's a that's that's a top. I 20. haven't seen that in like I don't even know fifteen years probably. When dude, did that even come out? Ninety five, ninety six. Oh my god! Oh, dude, no the, way! No, the, no, no, no. The cast is unbelievable. Ninety nine. Gotta oh. be 90. 99. Snipe. Okay, it. 99. Right. You're right. You're right. I wasn't that far off. We had the, uh, the. I guess it would have been the DVD, probably. I don't even know. Jason Lee, Alan Rickman, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Oh, baby. And uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, who play- Alanis Morissette is God, right? <laughs> yeah. Alanis Morissette is God. It's perfect. It's amazing. Oh, she doesn't man. speak because the sound of God's voice makes humans' heads explode. Because it's so yeah. powerful, it overwhelms That's them right. to the point of explosion. Now that that movie is great. It's got it's such a good commentary. That, that is one of the most, especially for that time, and that he's bashing on Catholicism. Uh, it's it's not that hateful, but it really gets a lot of good pokes in, and the writing is just oh god. I might have to watch that tonight. Yeah, dude. I might. You, have you, you might have just. I like, honestly haven't watched that in 15 years. We might have to do a dogma rewatch. It's it's that good. It, I mean, especially with I mean, poor Alan Rickman. Matt Rest Damon and oh god, it's gonna be so good. Now I'm excited. Loki, yeah. There's like those moments where it's like it's got that slight Tarantino vibe. Uh, I was just listening to the Tarantino on on Joe Rogan earlier, um, which is is actually pretty good. You know, they mostly just talk about movies. It's interesting to hear Quentin Tarantino in that kind of candid environment. Um, but it has some of that just like regular dialogue from like really characters you wouldn't expect it from. You know, Matt Damon's Loki, the angel of death, uh, arguing about his past stuff. And like the story about why he pisses off God is he gets drunk and then gives him the finger and throws down the fiery sword. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Bloody they send him Jesus, to Earth dude. And they punish I him. about that. Yeah. They punish him by sending him to Wisconsin and cutting his genitals off. <laughs> And making sure he can't imbibe uh, alcohol or any intoxicants. So he just has to sit around watching humans do nothing. Oh, my God, dude. It's so genius. Like, the, the little... so long ago. The little things like that. Oh, God. I love I love. Kevin oh, Smith. yeah. That's who he plays. He's the apostle left of the Bible. I was trying to remember who he played in that movie. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Chris Rock <laughs> is in it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot he's the apostle. Yeah. He's not. He doesn't get a book. What is it? He's the what? How many are? Is he the sixteenth apostle or however many there 12th? are? He's the thirteenth. He's the know. he's the extra one that, that nobody wrote about. Oh, there's some good ones in there. Did you know? I do. I don't know. If we've ever discussed this. Did you know that I read scripture every single week at my church growing up until I was like seventeen? 
I don't think I knew that. Of all the things that we've talked about, you I know. grew up reading scripture? I went to a church of 13 people. Or, well, Whoa. 13 plus uh, us. It, it oscillated between like 13 to like 18, depending on the week. But Whoa. by the time I was like 14, we were the only kids that still went. So at some point, I was like, you know, running the Sunday school for people and stuff and, uh, and reading scripture. And I remember when I was probably like 12, I'd have to get up and like, I mean, it was a good way to practice public speaking because I was reading scripture for the whole congregation by the time I was like 11 or something. True that. And so I had to go and do the scripture or whatever. And uh, I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I remember in one of the lines, it was like, you must love God more than your family. And I was like, I love God more than my family. <laughs> I was like, maybe religion's not for me. I think that's when it broke for me. I guess the day trek quit. And then I just kept reading scripture. And, you know, for the United Church of Canada is a wonderful thing. I'm sure I will put my kids through some of their stuff and they teach love and no hate and that's fine. There are some valuable lessons you can get from the community of church. But When, uh, when did you stop being forced to read it? Like, on the reg? I, I read it. I mean, I was the only person who could do it. They were so old, Zyari. I was doing them a service. Oh, I just read I it. See. Until I left for university, I was there on the Sunday mornings reading the scripture unless I was away playing sports. Yeah, I mean... My my ex used to play piano at the K- Korean Catholic Church, and she was atheist. <laughs> I, had press, I had to press play on the cassette, <laughs> the cassette from the local pianist. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a piano player. Well, we didn't have a piano. We had a cassette player. <laughs> oh, my God. But she had, she used to tell me, like, I don't agree with the lyrics, so I just play the piano and try not to listen. <laughs> I used to think yeah. that, that was actually kind of funny. Like, I, I kind of... That was basically me. I'm down to participate, and, like, I'll, I'll kind of help out. Yeah, I'm an okay piano player, but I'm not really down with the verses, if you know what I'm saying. That's... Yep. Uh, God, that's so funny though. I, mean, I, I can picture little Trent with the the recorder, just like yeah, I gotta get the right one, putting it on the right <laughs> side, fold it in, press play. Oh no, wrong song. <laughs> oh God, that's so good. Oh jeez, man. Ah, uh, yep. to be young. God was a real dick. If you guys actually read the Bible, I don't. Know if you, I've definitely read the Bible cover to cover. Um, a lot of suffering in there. A lot of suffering. Not an, I think reading the Bible is the surest thing to turn people off. I think that's like a phrase or something, but that's definitely true. Although Revelation <laughs> fucks. I'll tell you that much. You guys ever want to read a book of the Bible? Read Revelations. That shit is wild. Wow. I'm going to highly recommend. I'm a little surprised, though. I, I can't believe you've read the whole thing. I definitely, I've, I've read very little. I've read some small excerpts. I've read the first couple pages. What's the first sentence? Genesis. Then God, God made everything. Is that the first uh, sentence? Is, it, is that what it is? In the beginning, there was nothing or something, and then I, I don't remember what it is. It's been a couple, uh, you know, probably last time I read, I would have been like sixteen or seventeen, just for shits and giggles. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. Ah, classic opener. Go. Classic opener. Really set the stage for the whole whole thing we got going on here, man. Look at that. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, so, Revelation's pretty hype. Small funny anecdote before we wrap up. I just got back from North Carolina, right? I'm double vax now, so I can fly, visiting the fam in NC. Yeah, I'm a, I'm no longer a Jersey guy. No, I no longer have any family members that live in New Jersey. 
Oh, weird. well, okay. I have some extended, extended family members, right? Yeah, it, but yeah, like the cousins or whatever. All, all my fam, like all my grandparents, aunts, uncles, everything. Like we're we're out of Jersey. Everybody's moved. A lot of them are in North Carolina who went, now. Who went first? Your sister, and then my everyone s- followed. Yeah, she. Well, my stepmom is from North Carolina, so oh, I guess I she's see. sort of. But yes, in terms of the the relocation, the mass exodus. Yeah, my sister started it after uh, university. She she went Whoever to whoever uni- has kids. You, you rule. Yeah, you, you suck in the family. You set the rules. But uh, so uh, when I flew, right, I, I dressed kind of nice. I wore some pink shoes. I had a nice little pink vintage dress. I uh, put on the pearls, was trying to not look like a ragamuffin, right? Uh-huh. So everything's cool. I'm sitting on the plane, get off the plane. And as soon as I get off the plane, I go into the bathroom. And it's the setup is like, you know, you... You come down, there's like the the tube, right? The aisle way, you know, it's like kind of a one-way direction. Men's, oh, on, yeah, yeah, men's yeah. on one side, women's on the other. So they're in the same spot, just like opposite sides. So I walk into the men's room. And there's no door. It's just like the wall, so you have to walk around. So I walk in, do my business, and as I'm coming out, I pass another guy who's far enough in that he's like below the sign so he can't really see it, but um, not committed yet to like walking around to see who's in there. And I come around the corner, and he's on his phone, and he almost bumps into me, and he looks up and kind of goes, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. And then he stops and goes, ma'am? Wait, what? Where am I? And then he turns around and does a double take and puts his phone away and kind of like hurries out like, oh, gosh, and then looks up at the sign and goes, wait, what? And then I just kind of turned around and walked away. But I the, the expression that before I turned, he looked up at the sign and then turned and looked to me, and the look on his face like those are the moments I wish I had Google Glass so that I could like run back the videotape and show you the screen cap of the uh, eleven out of ten confusion. Like he was super nice. He didn't say anything, but you know, like when somebody does a double take and can't help it, and they like are yeah, nice, yeah. but they still do the like, wait, what the fuck? At first, it was exactly that, but it was just <laughs> so funny the way it lined up perfectly. It was like, wait, I'm in the women's room. Oh no, wait, is that a man in the? What is happening? I. <laughs> I'm jet lagged. That poor fuck. Oh man. Oh, you killed him. That was my welcome to North Carolina. Yeah, I made my mark and left. Uh, uh, you know, got the hell out of there. But uh, what uh, are you gonna boy. do? Everyone else was very nice to me, and that poor gentleman was also very nice. But it still made me laugh. It. Uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Whole, I also <laughs> a, a side note while we're talking about bathrooms. I was in while I was in North Carolina. We had a restaurant. Okay, so it's small. There's two bathrooms. Both of them single. You close the door, so it's like just. The bathroom is a room. Right. But there's two rooms. One has a dude's sign. One has a girl's sign. All right. So we're going to leave. I run to the back and there's like somebody in there. I didn't realize. So I'm standing there kind of dancing around waiting because I really had to pee. So I drank a bunch of beers. And there's a girl that works there and presumably like a friend of the girl that works there, like waiting for a friend to get off, kind of chilling, like mm-hmm. having a drink beforehand. And they saw me dancing around and she was like, you can just use the other one. It don't matter. And I was like, uh... Are you sure? She was like, oh, yeah, man. We use both of them all the time. It don't matter for shit. It, whatever. I was like, I'm really flattered that you feel like I'm allowed to use the women's room. <laughs> but I think I'll just wait. Thanks. And before they could respond to my response, the dude came out of the room, the men's room, and I just kind of ran in there. And afterwards, I walked away with this really weird, conflicting feeling of feeling really flattered of like, that's so nice that you guys are so nice. And you, I was kind of expected the opposite, but you just, ah, whatever you want to do. 
that's a nice vibe. But at the same time, I I felt a little weird going into Are you the just like, girls why room. didn't I use it? No, I don't. I, I just still like I I don't really have an issue using the men's room. I I definitely like physically brace a little bit sometimes. Like we're like, all right, hopefully nobody yells at me walking in here because I think people like get surprised sometimes. But right. I think it's more jarring for me to walk into the women's room, man. I don't know. I, you know, it's it's an individual choice, but for me personally, I don't really identify as a woman, so I don't think it's. I know I look like one sometimes, and I'm complimented that they think I pass enough to use that restroom. But I, I'll, I'll stick with the men's room. I, I I think that's the most appropriate course of action for all parties involved. I I'm, definitely I'm okay would have jumped that. in that woman's room. Single lock. A shot staff member says, "Oh, we use both all the time." I would have been that thing so fast. Well, like, yep, I, I, I gotta know. pee. I think you're right, but I got it in my own head and was just like, I was so happy that that guy was not taking a long dump because I was like, if I have to stand here for a couple minutes, I, I will probably <laughs> this, be, this was not the get right peer pressured into using it and then just feel weird about it. So, um, anyway, thought I'd share that moment with you of feeling both complimented and afraid at the same in the same instance. I don't know what the I, word I like for that emotion is. Man out of the men's bathroom. That was good. Yeah, there you that, go. That's quality stuff right there. That's, that's a, a real airport interaction. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. Airport interactions. I kind of miss them. I have so many good airport stories. Dude, hell yeah. I, I, every time I came back from a trip, I always had a good couple. I'm just like, ah, oh, you wouldn't believe the person that I saw. Oh, my God. All right, Trent. So to wrap this up, dude, I just saw this news that broke. UFC Inc.'s $175 million crypto deal its largest yep. sponsor ever. Crypto.com is now, they signed a 10-year sponsorship deal with Crypto.com for 175 mil. So circling it back, uh, yeah, the crypto ads are coming, buddy. This is just the beginning. The, uh, holy shit. TSM also. But it's a dip. Dude, did, the TSM deal is nuts. Did you see that? Uh, is it FTX? Yeah. I think it's the name of it, yeah. the exchange. TSM, FTX. They are named on everything i think that's also like a 10-year deal for is it 120 it is. mil it's it's another egregious mm. amount of money uh, 175 i think oh it's also 175 is that like the going rate 10 years 175 mil that's like your your go-to it was something, i mean like leffen's twitter is tsm ftx leffen and that's like you know yeah that's that's crazy that was like blowing my mind dude wow so uh that's a lot of money yeah, no, no getting away from it, folks. You can run, but you can't hide. Well, buddy, enjoy the rest of the qualifiers. Um, you know, yeah. well, I think we'll keep trying to do our monthly podcast here. It'll get harder and harder as I pay less attention to Dota, but, you know. Ah, it makes it perfect. Talk about some real life, too. It'll be fun. Um, we got to yeah. play some Nemesis together. Slow you know? down the cadence. Yeah, I have. I have uh, it's more fun to play now because it's so low stress for me, but I've actually not been playing much the last couple weeks. Dude, your MMR is going to skyrocket if you start playing pubs again, I guarantee. As soon as you don't care about it, that's the like, yep. Hey, guys, I finally hit Ancient now that it doesn't matter at all. Yep, that'll uh, be you. Yeah, you're totally right. 100%. And you, you hate how right I am, but I guarantee. No, uh, you're 1,000% right. I can feel it. I, I felt it even just in the few games I played. I'm like, wow, there's so much less stress and you don't care. Oh, I hate that. Well, I love that's, it, but I hate it. Uh, go, go, Liquid. I hope Liquid win the, the year of qualifier. Um, purely because I appreciate what the org is doing with these players and growing them and the content they're making. And the best content you're going to get is if Liquid wins. Second, I hope OG wins for the storyline. Third, Nygma's probably going to win. 
Also, Tundra has the NA player, so let's go Tundra. <laughs> okay. Let's go snaking. The I king. like it. Um, was very happy to see SG Esports win as well. I, I'm probably going to piggyback on your uh, that was crazy. EU prediction. Maybe I'll just go for Viking. Can I, can I go for the... The bro sure. points. I know they lost to OG, but they looked uh, good though. I'll give them that. Chicken fighters next, and they got the ghost frogs and the hellbear smashers. Uh, some really they're great gonna, names. They're going to end up facing one of these players from uh, Tundra or Liquid. They're going to they're end up playing probably Tundra. That'll be a really good match. Yeah. So yeah. exciting stuff. Lots to look forward to. Dota fans, enjoy it. Enjoy it because we're done here. All right. We'll see you later. Mm-hmm.